0: You're listening to The Pete and Sebastian Show on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. This is The Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. Petey! Biscuit! It's Jimmy from Boston. So, watch having biscuit for a little sleepover, huh? How cute. Listen, JJ, as soon as you're done showing off how high you can jump and how fast you are, like a 10 year old in your new sneakers, and you guys are all finished combing each other's hair, find some time to get on the cast, will ya? Shit's long overdue, kid. What f- I don't want clever
1: clever conversation
0: I never want to work that hard I just want someone that I can talk to I want you just the way The Pete and Sebastian Show We're back, we're hanging out we both got uh, scenarios on the road where we are We have a lot to cover tonight How you doing, my brother? Uh, Good, just did a show in Ottawa,
1: Canada uh, Which is the capital of Canada I just found that out today And it was great thanks for everybody that came out tonight i had a blast it's the first show of four on my little canadian run here um jfl just for laughs who is uh, producing this uh four-day run it's actually uh where pete and i met on a jfl tour uh bruce hills who's the ceo of uh, jfl have uh, just given me a little. A bottle of wine, a little stag's leap, 2012 Napa Valley Cabernet. Came back to my lovely hotel room, poured a glass prior to us getting on the show, and just just poured another, and uh, really enjoying my time here in Ottawa.
0: Well, there you go. Very nice, very nice. And while we're on this capital run, I am in Columbus, Ohio, which happens to be the capital of Ohio. And uh yeah, it's a great city, man. The funny bone here is a lot of fun. I've played Ottawa many times. I got a I mean, whatever. We got some time. I got a great story about playing Ottawa once opening up. Get into it.
1: We're in Ottawa.
0: Let's let's get into it. So one time there's something in Ottawa called the Ottawa Blues Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I got a gig It's one of these, it's sort of like Bonnaroo and stuff like that, but it's a Canadian version, Ottawa Blues Festival. So I get a gig playing the comedy tent, you know, with a few other comics, whoever lives out there in Canada, some American guys. And uh, I get a call from my agent going, listen, Louis C.K. is headlining the Ottawa Blues Festival while you're out there, and he wants you to open for him. You know, he requested that you open for him, of course. I go, yeah, of course, great, you know. Now at the time... Louis was, like, you know, just starting to blow up, and I, like, wasn't aware. You ever have that, like, when someone blows up, but, you, you know, you're not following them, so you're not really aware until all of a sudden something happens and you're really aware? Yeah. I'm playing the tent earlier in the night at the Ottawa Blues Festival, and every night we've been doing it, it's, you know, 80 people, 90 people, because there's other tents and there's bigger shit going on. So that particular night, we got an early show, there's, like, nobody there, and then we got, like, two, three hours to kill, and then I'm doing the show with Louie. So uh, I figure I'm doing 10 minutes in front of Louie. I figure Louie's going to have 200 people there, whatever, you know. So I'm not saying I'm loaded, but I definitely went out and had a few beers and watched a few shows. So yeah. I, I come back, and now Louie's there. And uh, as I'm walking back to the tent, there's, like, a really long line and I'm a little buzzed and I'm like, "Ooh, what the fuck?" And then there's like a little hill behind the tent and that's loaded with people and blankets. So I'm like, "What that? What's going on?" And I and I get inside and they're like, "Yeah, the tent is sold out. 800 people sold out for Louis, and you have to pay extra money to see Louis. It's not even part of the festival." And then other people to to cuz they wanted to keep the business going. They would charge you ten bucks, and you could just sit on the lawn and just hear them. We'll play it out on the lawn, <laughs> and, the, and the fucking lawn was sold out. Now I'm like, all right, I need a coffee. <laughs> so, so then, to make matters worse, uh, I see Lou, and you know, Louie's always been very supportive of my comedy, has kind things to say through the years. Uh, you know, here and there, it's not like I got his number and I'll have I go out with him or anything. So, anyway, uh, the guy comes over and goes, oh, how do you want me to introduce you, Pete, before, you know, and Louie goes, no, you know what, I'm going to introduce him. So, again, now I'm like, okay, this is getting interesting. So then uh, the show starts and Louie takes the mic and he's off stage. You can't see him. He's like standing right next to me backstage. And he does this little, like, two, three minute, really nice thing where he like, first, he's like, first, there's a joke, like, sit down, put your beers down. Yeah, you had to pay more. Well, like, whatever. Like, with for like the first 30 seconds, they start to realize it's Louie. So now they're yeah. so they giggling. And he goes, I'd like to bring this guy on stage. And he says something about uh, he's been a comic out of New York. I've always admired. He's always working hard. He's got great jokes. One of my favorite comedians to watch. I specifically want him to open for me, and you're going to know his name someday. You know, something like that. And I'm like, oh, God, I was just drinking beers backstage at fucking Rush, dude. This is not good. So I I go up, and now I'm all fucking in my head and stuff, and I had a few beers in me, and I'm like, oh, let me tell you about my wife. Barking like a fucking yo-yo. I got a room full of people that I didn't even expect, just diehard Louis fans. And it was 10 minutes of just, I mean, I I literally could have just took a broom and swept the stage. And that would have been equally as entertaining to them.
1: The guy gave you that introduction. Typically, you don't get the introduction from the actual headliner himself. But he's giving you that introduction and you shut the bed.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, with all due respect, people are paying 10 bucks to sit on a fucking lawn and hear you. I don't really know what I'm going to hit them with right now that's going to make them go, forget Louie, let's have this guy keep going. <laughs> but, but, yeah, all things considered, bro, uh, had I known it was going to play out like that, I would have been stretching, like, backstage, getting, you know, physically stretching, eat, <laughs> eating fruit, <laughs> you know? So,
1: so Something about eating like fruit before you go on stage is like you, like you prepared yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, just anything other than that irresponsible situation. And then to make matters worse, not worse, but Louie gets off and he comes backstage and he's like, uh, Hey, what's up, man? And we sit there and we're talking for a little while. And he's like, uh, got any pot? And I go, actually, uh, I got it from this road guy over here. And he's like, let's do a hit. Right. So we do a hit. And then he goes, um, we're chatting for a little bit and uh he goes um i'll give you a ride back to the hotel man just come with me so i go okay cool because there's like a shuttle van that takes you back whenever you want to go it goes back and forth for performers and crew yeah. um but he's like just why don't you just come with me i'm going back now And i was like all right cool man so we go to climb into the limo and the limo driver goes uh actually we're going straight to the airport and lou goes oh dude that's right i, I already have my bags. so we're going straight to the airport um, and I go, Oh, no problem, man. The van's coming in a second. I'm gonna take care. See you later. So he leaves. I get in the van. I'm the only one in the van. The guy's driving me back, and I'm telling the guy that Louie is going straight to the airport, but it's midnight in Ottawa. And I go, there's no flight from Ottawa to fucking New York at midnight, is there? And he's like, oh, no, no. The only way Louis agreed to do the festival is if they flew him privately. <laughs> so I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> This guy, I have no idea this is the world this guy was in. Oh, I was, you know, so that's one of those, you know, seize the moment, you know, that I didn't.
1: Yeah, but it's funny, like, when you're saying you don't know how big somebody is until you actually get into the inner circle. Yeah. Like... Where did that come up in the negotiation? Did they say, listen, we have a jazz festival? Like, how, when do you get big enough where you could go, I, I just need a private jet? And they go,
0: you know what? Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it was uh, the guy told me, because I was asking him, and he basically said, "Louis he was like, well, I really want to, I take my daughters to school in the morning, so unless you can get me a private jet. Now, granted, all they can do is say yes or no. But, like, when does it get to the point where you're successful enough where, like, your wife is whispering to you, ask for a jet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the best I'll do is my wife's like, can we get some decaf sodas? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be a pain in the ass, but I get migraines from caffeine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just don't know when when your daily routine that you normally do say if it's you get up at seven o'clock and work out or you have to pick up your kids at four o'clock when does your daily routine just trump the 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 actual gig it's like at this point it's like where is it when is it and uh, what time do I need to be there it's no you know what on Thursday nights I normally sit at home and uh, we we cook dinner as a family
0: it's none of that. going on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I once heard a great story about Richard Jenny uh, living in the Hollywood Hills. They offered him like it was a twenty thousand dollar corporate gig for a half hour at like the Comedy Store or the Com or the Laugh Factory, I think, some private company, on a Tuesday. And he was like, ah, "I'm fucking watching a movie or whatever." And the and the person told me the story is it like it's such a legendary story because it was like. Soup to nuts. He had a 10-minute drive down the hill, 30 minutes of stand-up, 10 minutes back up the hill. Less than an hour, he'd have $20,000, and he was watching a movie. God, (laughs) God. If I was watching a movie and someone called and said, I just drove down Main Street, I couldn't stop, but I think I saw a 50 in the gutter by Mike's Hardware Store. (laughs) I'd tell my wife to pause the movie and go look for the (laughs) fifty. Oh,
1: God. Yeah, it's a, nice, it's a nice option to have. It's a nice problem to have, I'll tell you that.
0: Well, it's just, it's just, you know, it's interesting. If I was ever famous with my wife, and at some point I'd be like, I think. I mean, I don't know. I was talking to, like, so-and-so, and he said this is when he asked for the jet. And I think, like, you know, I mean, I, I think we have the money for the jet. I talked to Joe, who does our books. <laughs> He's, he says we can get the jet. Okay, let's let's get the jet. Let's get the jet, you know? Or is it more of a, you know, someone says, we're going to bring you a jet?
1: Oh, well, let's, let's get into the private jet because, you know, Lon and I often get on an airplane and coach or tight, and It's like, oh, God, wouldn't it be great to fly private? Or first, it's like, wouldn't it be great to just do first class all the time, right? And then you get in first class and then you're like, wouldn't it be great to do private? What do you think the people that are flying private say? Or is that just...
0: Do you think they're happy? Uh, yeah, I don't know, right? I mean, do you think they're like... Wouldn't it be great to just snap your fingers and be there? <laughs> <coughs> but the thing about private is, right? Like, let's say even the cheapest flight is ten grand. Yeah. If you say this. Wouldn't it be great to fly private? Yes. But if you said... Wouldn't it be great to fly coach in the last seat in the back, right next to the bathroom, and people keep the door open the whole time? But when you land, we give you ten grand. <laughs> that would be way cooler to me than flying fucking private. And until that's not the case, I'll always fly fucking commercial. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I mean, no matter how great flying private is, the minute I land that. I'd see someone else walking out of the Delta Tunnel, and my wife like, "Wasn't that fun?" I'd be like, "Yeah, but that guy's got ten grand in his pocket, and he landed at the same time <laughs> as me."
1: <laughs> no, I got—I gotta say, I mean, when you fly private, you ain't landing at the same time anybody else is. Like Louis, he left at midnight; he was back in his bed by two thirty. You. Uh, Had to wait till the morning. You had to get the the, the shuttle to come pick you up two and a half hours. You had to go through the security.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying, though, but the the thing is this we're both, I mean, at least I know, man. I'm old school. I think you are the same way. I could fly private, right? If I was in Ottawa, let's say I could afford it. I fly private. I pay 10 grand on my own or whatever. I come home. I walk up. My daughter's in the crib, and I'm like, I, I paid 10 grand for this to see her sleeping. I could come home tomorrow on coach and catch you halfway through breakfast.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's another way to think about it. However, it, it's so, it's, to, for me, it's so nice to get home as soon as you're done.
0: Oh, it's unbelievable, but you would have to have the kind of wealth where the conversation I'm having with you, if I was, yeah. if I was having it with a guy like, let's say, Seinfeld, and I'm saying, but still, Jerry, wouldn't you rather have that money in your pocket? As I'm trying to make my point, he literally pulls out hundreds and starts ripping them in half, just to make, just to make his point. This means, it's like Matt Damon burning the fucking equation, when the, and the guy's trying to blow it out, and Matt Damon's going, you have no idea. How, <laughs> Do you know how easy this is for me? Do you have any fucking idea how easy this is? This is a fucking joke. And I'm sorry you can't do this. I really am because I wouldn't have to fucking sit here and watch you fumble
1: around and fuck it up.
0: Bro, you know what I equate it to? We're building a, we bought a swing set for Sadie, which is something I have to get into about saving money. But anyway, I had to trim some trees the other night, the other day, we're clearing out this back area. And we pull out this 40 foot ladder, Jackie and I, and I got to climb to the goddamn top of this thing and saw a branch. And, dude, it's like I'm climbing up there, and she's holding the ladder. And as every step I'm going up, I'm getting more and more scared and tingly. And I'm cursing at her. I'm like, you're fucking holding the fucking ladder. Hold the – and, and, you know, she's cursing back. I'm fucking holding – And, it, like, manners don't matter at this point because lives are at stake. And and as I get higher up and I start to saw it, bro, I bail. I bail because every time I, I saw it, I, I – lose my balance a little and i'm like this is fucked up this is fucked up but it's like if i was sawing that same branch three feet off the ground it would be no problem right
1: yeah i I gotta tell you man i mean maybe i'm out of bounds here but this is almost like like hillbilly behavior what do you mean uh, with the ladder and the thing and going all the way up, it's like, what are you doing, man? Even what are you, a kid. What
0: are you? I'm clearing out area for the kid. I'm making a point based on something else we were talking about. And listen, on my little list of things to talk about, you and Lana got a tweet. Was it a tweet or a Facebook thing? Of you two with your mirrored shades on at a uh, fashion function kissing yeah and listen this has gone beyond the show there's a friendship here we've we've (laughs) known each other for a while and i i made a note that i literally had to discuss this bro because they normally let let you live and live but i mean this (laughs) what 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 was that mirrored shades and if you press the button you guys just it it just you kept kissing you kept rewinding to you kissing
1: yeah, it was a um, it was a thing. Well, are we going to switch gears into this? Because I got a story about that whole scenario.
0: All right. Well, I'm just defending. You're calling me hillbilly, and I'm sitting here saying, I mean, Hollywood. Okay. okay
1: yeah. I, well, yeah, you you want me to admit that you think that was a little out of bounds in regards to should we be posting that stuff? Yeah, I I agree. It might have been a little on on the the air of something that maybe a guy wouldn't do? Uh, No,
0: you wouldn't do.
1: Ah, well, you know what? I was was having a good time. There was a thing there that you stood in front of it. You took a photo or whatever, a three-second video or whatever, and then they posted it uh, at the event, and then you could put your phone number into it, and then it sends you a text with the photo. I liked it because, number one, when you do meet and greet after these shows you always got to get somebody to take the photo right yes this this thing this this app along with the machine it's a machine you just stand in front of it it snaps the photo and then the person who's the the fan of yours whoever came to the show has to put in their phone number and the phone or and the and the picture is text to their phone the reason i like this Apparatus is because instead of having a guy after the shows take a photo of you, you could bring in this machine and collect everybody's phone number so that next time you're there, you send out a blast to all these people's phone numbers. I mean, not a good idea?
0: No, that's a great idea, but I got to understand this a little better, okay? So let's say I have this app, it's on my phone, like you put it on your own phone. You don't even need you don't even need the app to take the photo. Like I'm, I'm saying, if people are stepping up to me to take photos, right, or yeah. or, or whomever, wh- yeah, who who is taking the photo? What camera? This
1: it's like a it's it's on a like a pole, and it's about I don't know five feet off the ground, and you could see it. It's almost like an iPad, and you could you, know, you could see yourself in the iPad. And boom! It snaps a photo of yourself.
0: Oh, so it doesn't go on your phone. You don't put your phone on a, on an on a tripod. No,
1: no, nothing to do with your phone mm-hmm. until you put in your phone number, and it sends you a link of where to retrieve that particular photo.
0: So after you ta- after someone stands in front of you and this thing takes your photo with them. You keep saying they put their yeah. phone number in. What does that mean? They put their phone number they, into what? They go
1: to the iPad that, that they just took the photo,
0: Uh
1: huh. And, and they type in their phone number, and then they receive the photo, and you get their phone number.
0: All right, but when so but but you... So you've
1: people that come to your show, they want a photo with you, they're going to have to give their phone number into this machine to get the photo they just took.
0: Yeah, but don't you run the risk then of having a bunch of guys standing up there going... You know, with the wife going, Jerry, you don't even know your own phone number? And he's like, well, I just hit Jerry in my phone pad. I don't even memorize it. It's nine ones Hold on. We got to figure out Jerry's number. So now instead of them, right? Yeah, no, no.
1: You're absolutely right. They could. I mean, I don't know anybody that really doesn't know their own phone number.
0: See, well. You'd be surprised, man. I mean, there's just gonna, the fact that they have to go up to that mechanism and put their number in now, that's a moment. Every, every time people have a moment. I know me, I go up and I go, so Jack, should I put it to my number or your number? Your number or my number? Just send it to, send it to mine, send it to, well send it to mine. So, it, it's just more shit. How do we make yeah, an no. app where you just put your arm around me, we smile, and when you go home, there's a photo of me and you on your fucking fridge. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, I get it. it and to be honest with you, when I went up to the thing to put my phone number in, I asked Lana what the hell my phone number was.
0: Bro, would you stop being hypocritical, dude? This is what I'm talking about. You're doing this too much lately. You're sleeping over J.J. Watts. You say you never sleep at anyone's home. You're taking photos of yourself making out with your wife, and now you're admitting that you had a problem with it? I can't keep up, bro. I mean, who am I doing this show with? Who am I doing I know. this show with? I know. Listen, Smoking mirrors. Smoking mirrors. This is the Pete and Smoke and Smearer show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It, It was one of those things where you're at an event, and you're like, oh, what's this? This is cool, and boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, it's up on Instagram. You know what? I'm proud of it.
0: Well, it sounds like it's one of those things where... It's, it's like a bit where, where someone does a bit to you and you're like, if you keep working on that, that's gonna be a good bit. And this is gonna be a good mechanism. But right now, the fact that we gotta go up and put our number in, I mean, if we could just walk up and go, you know, like put your email, just say your email out loud. I'm loving the mic aspect now on this texting stuff. Instead of texting with my numbers, now when me, you, and JJ go at it, I just pause and I go, JJ, Sebastian, what were you both thinking? And you know what I discovered the other day, dude, that I never knew? Because I would always have run on sentences. I literally had a moment where I go, if I say period, is it gonna type period or put a period? So after I, had, I go period, and then there was a little dot. And I'm like, oh my God, it knew what I meant. I might write a whole fucking book with a mic. Yeah.
1: You know what, what What baffles me, though? Let's say if you wanted to, let's say you're two girls talking, and you wanted to text your girlfriend, are you on your period? Does it type period, or do you get, like, a period? How does it know when to distinguish when to type it <laughs> and when to put the dot?
0: I would have preferred a better example, but that is a hilarious point you're making right there. <laughs> what what
1: what what what, exa- what example did you want me to say? Give me a better one.
0: Oh, let's say if I said, uh, "You and I are going to go out tonight," I'm like, "Do uh, you got any bread?" Uh, well, no, wait, that wouldn't be a good example because bread. Of, w- no. w-
1: w- this sucks already. I you know You can't even get the period, and then with sentence.
0: You're right. You're right. Yeah. No, you But but how how often are you doing saying a sentence with period? I
1: listen. I don't know how many times period's gonna come up in a sentence. You could say, listen, I'm doing a movie. It's a period piece. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I
1: mean, you're making a point. You're making a point. <laughs> well, let me stay on this event. What we did is we went to an event. Um, John Varvados, who is a uh, clothing designer for men, every year has a charity event at his store in West Hollywood. It's outside. It's in a tent. It's outside. They got, uh, you know, food, alcohol. Ziggy Marley perform. They always have a a musical guest, and it's for the Stewart House. The Stewart House is a organization where they help uh, sexually abused kids. It's it's somewhere. Where if uh, you're a child and you're sexually abused, you go to the Stewart House and they help you. So it was a good cause. I got my uh, publicist to get us in, and we donated. Uh, Lana donated a painting, and I donated two tickets to uh, two tickets and a meet and greet to my Chicago show for the donation.
0: Now, now, when you uh, just to cut you off for a sec here, if they had gotten back to you and said. Everything's great, you're invited in, but would would you mind doing five minutes right before Ziggy? Would you just say, fuck it and do it, or would you be like, eh, it wasn't really what I wanted to do?
1: I've been to this event before, and it's no place where comedy should be.
0: I know, that's why it would be a real favor, because you know you'd be taking a hit.
1: No, no, it would be, please welcome Sebastian Maniscalco, and it, they wouldn't hear a word I said. <laughs> They're not even listening to the guy who comes up to talk about the Stewart house. Oh, so it's okay. it's one of those things where half of the room is listening and half of it's outside having in and out burgers and a glass of a beer. So of course this is a this is a whole to do. There's a lot of celebrities there, and here we go, red carpet time. Right? Now, you remember last time I told you about the red carpet yeah. at the comedy awards?
0: Yes. Wasn't well, it T J Miller?
1: It was, I went up uh, to try to do the red carpet and they told me that general admission was down the street, uh, towards another door. And I go, no, no, I'm nominated. Like I was nominated for an award and I couldn't get in to where you were supposed to.
0: Yeah, no, I re- I remember that one. So do our listeners when you were nominated for the comedy awards and that was funny. But this was another one before that in LA, you went to something and then, then like TJ.
1: Oh yeah, no, that was paparazzi. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then TJ Miller or something. TJ like
1: Miller. I'm talking to TJ Miller outside, and paparazzi start to swarm in like a like a Navy SEAL team on Bin Laden's house. And I'm thinking, oh wow, this is uh, yeah. And uh, they're almost like, uh, could you get out of the way? We need TJ Miller. <laughs> what?
0: I remember <laughs> so, that stuck out for me because I'm like TJ <laughs> Miller. Oh, all right.
1: Yeah. All right. So. so So, again, I'm put in a situation where, and you know how it is, if you're ever checking into an event or a premiere or anything, it could be anything, it could be a business where they have an event where you have to go get, like, a a pass or a a bracelet to get in, you go up to a desk. Well, I go up to a desk, and, of course, uh, you know, you give the name. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way. When you give the name and they're looking through the the uh list that they have as soon as they go past page two you kind of know you're not on the list right like like if the rock comes up and he, he you know everybody knows who the rock is but you know he's on the front page
0: right well i don't know is it alphabetical order i mean who?
1: i, I don't know whatever it is i feel like the more pages that start to turn the less opportunity that you're gonna have to be on that list.
0: I know, but I'm just always
1: so just... So as soon as they go page two, at tap line, I go, here we go. Parford, of course. Oh, I'm sorry. Not on, not on the list. I go, oh my God. A publicist called, and she said, well, maybe you want to try over there. So I try another stand. So finally, they find my name. Now I got to do the red carpet. And now it's like, this is bad when you have to locate the person that's in charge of the red carpet, and then you have to give your name, again with the name. Hi, are you in charge of the red carpet? Yeah, what's your name? Oh, a Sebastian Mascalko and Lana, and, and they're like, I'm sorry? And then you gotta repeat it. Sebastian Maniscalco and Lana <laughs> Gomez. <laughs> And, and it's like, one more time, I'm like, oh, fuck it. Forget it. You know, just do we even need to do this? So, <laughs> You know, it's like, everybody, I, I feel like sometimes everybody is in, like, the popular group. And I'm the new kid that came to school that nobody's talking to. You know, like, you ever feel that way?
0: Yeah, man, it's, I mean, it's, 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 you know, you always aspire to be the guy where you walk up and they just look at you like, Petey! Yeah, but, there's but, none of
1: that going on. It's none of like, Sebastian, where were you? I thought you were supposed to be here at 1. Nah, I got caught in traffic. Okay, we'll get you right on. It's always like, I'm sorry? Like a look of confusion and a look of like, are, are you in the right place? <laughs> you know, like I told Lana, I go, it's almost like a look of like, oh, um, the, the the catering staff goes through the other entrance. It's almost like they're looking at you going, are, do you work here? Or what? So I, I got to explain, no, 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 I, my, my, my publicist call, you know, I got to go through that whole thing. or where's your publicist she's not here she's in Tennessee you know so we're sitting there waiting and now other people behind me are getting recognized by the person that's doing this and they're going oh Frank and Joe how you guys do come on up here and then even Frank and Joe are like oh I think these people are ahead of us and they they look at me and Lana like yeah but who are these people you know like (laughs) You're Frank and Joe from the show Frank and Joe. You know, like, (laughs) get up here. So they were nice enough to say, no, 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 you guys go ahead. So now, okay, we're going down the red carpet.
0: And again, it's like. Yeah, but how do you feel about that, man, that you like had to give your name six times before you hit the carpet? (laughs) Yeah, it's like now you're on the carpet.
1: Now I'm thinking to myself, if they didn't know us before the carpet, they're not going to know us on the carpet. So, we go out there, and thank God I got Lana on my, my arm, because if I just went out there myself, I think we'd just hear, we just, you know, one bulb. But I got Lana, so we're like a couple. So they're flashing away, flashing away. Okay, so we go in. Now we're going in, we're walking through this event, we get a glass of wine, we go through, you know, we see what vendors are there, because certain sponsorships are there. So me and Lana want a picture, this is after 10 minutes, and we notice a security guard behind us in a black suit with a pin and an earpiece. So we ask him, Lana asks him, excuse me sir, can you take our photo? And he goes, I don't want to act like I'm stalking you two, but you have a stalker here and we have been informed to follow you. I go, what? we've been informed that there's a woman here that is stalking you i go who he points to lana someone's stalking lana at the event this is this is the information we're getting
0: whoa man this is so Lou, do you have stalking music (laughs) (laughs) maybe jaws that's a nice that, one. That's a nice one. Wow, this is really... All right, I'm sorry to interrupt. This is really... So, real.
1: okay. So, he takes the photo and gives the camera back. And Lana and I go, you know, as we're walking away, we go, like, what is going on? She goes, I don't know. Like, Lana's, like, happy. Like, oh, my God, who is she? Right? <laughs> and I'm looking for some maniac to come out with a machete.
0: But we... Oh, we know it's a woman, though. We know it's a woman. Okay.
1: And we know... She's around 40 years old, that's what that's what he said. And I said, stalking her? Yeah, stalking her. Okay. He didn't say lie, but stalking her. I said, okay. So there's an auction table. We start walking around the auction table. Walking around. And now we noticed, not only the guy that took the photo, the security, is following us, but now we have a number two following us. It's almost like one of these movies where, you know, like... Uh, the person's being followed by security and they're waiting for something to go down. Almost like, you know, in the line of fire, Clint Eastwood, when he's running along the car
0: and he dives in front, you know, that type of thing. I'm I'm, I'm getting a little lost here, man. So the guy who you asked to take your photo was a security guard. And he told yeah. you that you guys are being stalked, but he still took your photo for facade yeah. and purposes. Yeah. But after he took your photo, he's following you. And behind him, another security guard is now doing backup?
1: Yeah, there's another security guard on the other side of us. So we could tell that he's been informed.
0: But have you seen visually yet the woman that's stalking live? No. Have No. You- no, okay. No.
1: So now we start to walk, walk, walk. And a second guy, second security guard, comes right up to us, like almost blocks us from moving and says the woman is nearby. And there's a woman coming right towards Lana and this guy kind of like steps in between Lana and the girl and the girl kind of walks around, and causes no problems, just walks around. And, and the guy goes, that's her. And I go, "What? what information did you get exactly? He says we were informed while you guys were walking down the red carpet by a lawyer that there has been a restraining order that you two filed against this woman, and you've had problems with her in the past, and we were informed to protect you. I go, yeah, guy, yeah, 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 I go, who, who's, is the girl an actress? She goes, yeah. I go, "Ah, my wife's an artist. You got the wrong people. (laughs) This guy's following the wrong people. Meanwhile, the (laughs) girl that's an actress is probably getting stabbed in the (laughs) corner. What the shit oh man and lana heard that lana actually got upset that we
0: weren't being stalked anymore hey listen you guys are on an emotional roller coaster <laughs> you know i mean on one hand you're invited to the event then you get there and they won't let you in then they finally let you in then you walk in the carpet feeling like you don't deserve to be there then you're told you have a stalker now you're more important than anybody there yeah, yeah
1: i'm we we could barely get into the joint. Now we got a
0: stalker. Oh, so
1: yeah, it was uh, it was pretty tense there for a while. When you think that someone's stalking you, ain't a good feeling, guy. Ain't a good feeling at all. I and mean, what, what would you do?
0: I don't know, man. I mean, I, I I think I'd just go up to the person, right? I I mean, if someone was stalking me, and I had two security guards, and they said a woman's found you, I'd be like. Well, let's all go up to her and be like, what the fuck? What are you doing, lady? (laughs) Right? (laughs) What are we going to do? I'll go into the candy shop, see if she follows me in there. (laughs) Oh, God. No, you ever walk in, well, it's more of a city thing in New York, but, like, sometimes even any situation where you ever find yourself walking behind a woman... And one thing leads to another, and she makes a left, and you make a left. And you, and you can tell, especially if it's a younger girl, sometimes someone in her 20s, I'm like, oh, this little cutie patootie thinks I'm following her. Look at her, she's getting all nervous. She, they, they do the fake stop and talk on their phone as yeah. I walk by. And I'm like, you know, that's a good move. It's a smart move, but I almost want to stop and go, I got a daughter. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> 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 You're almost, you know, I understand your caution, but it's like, you know, come on. That is interesting dude interesting.
1: yeah, it was really strange. so anyway, we end up enjoying the rest of the uh, the event and uh, it was good. It was a good it was a Sunday yeah it was a good Sunday. and then we went uh, together. I took her to my show in Hermosa Beach and then there's a plug I got I got a anybody that lives in LA. Or is going to visit LA and is staying near the beach in Santa Monica. I got to plug this restaurant again. Not getting a dime on this, but Chinois. It's a a Wolfgang a Puck uh, place on Main in Santa Monica. Oh God! Next time you guys come in, we got to take you there. It's probably one of the best meals I've ever had. It's right. almost like a, a an Asian flair. They do they do seafood. It's just it's so damn good. Yeah. And then, uh, as long as we're on the topic of going out, I went out to an 80s bar. This is when I texted you earlier this week. We went out to an 80s bar, and uh, it was on a Saturday night. We had gone to dinner with another couple, and they had mentioned that there's this 80s bar. Now, we go to the 80s bar, and, guy, I gotta tell you, I don't know when the last time you've been into, like, a nightclub atmosphere where you walk in, you can't hear the other person talk. People are, you know, girls are you know, holding hands, walking through the club, hitting everybody's drinks out of their hand. You know, this this type of vibe? Yeah, yeah. When's the last time have you, you've been to one of these things?
0: Long time, man.
1: Yeah, so I'm sitting there looking around, and... It's one of these places you just go to dance, and it used to be, there was used to be a dance floor where people danced, right? Like, when I went to clubs 20 years ago, I used to walk into a club, that used to have maybe a couple of bars, and in the middle of the club they had a large dance floor where if you wanted to dance, that's where you went.
0: Yeah, that man, was, yeah. I mean, even like Saturday Night Fever, it was all lit yeah. up. You walk all out. all lit and- up. You knew where to go to dance. Now
1: you go to a, one of these nightclubs. They, the dance floor is like it could fit five people. So now people just start dancing wherever they are. It, it could be by the bar. It could be in an area where there's couches. People start dancing on top of the couch. It's so, fuck the, give give me a dance floor where that happens, you know what I'm saying? There needs to be a designated area, and again, maybe this is because I'm 41 years old and I just, maybe I'm just too damn old. There needs to be a dance floor where people go dance and after they've done dancing, they come off. It's almost like you have a basketball court and that's where you play the game and then when you come off, You don't play the game anymore. You sit on the bench.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, even back then it would be like you ever see like a friend of yours would do a shot and then he'd start walking and you'd be like, uh, Jimmy's going to the dance floor. I think Jimmy, he's going. He's going to the dance floor. Jimmy's on the dance floor. He's on the dance floor. There was a dance floor. You didn't, Jimmy, Jimmy didn't just start fucking dancing. (laughs) I'm with you, man. Things were designated. It's, it's. Listen, I never was a dancer guy. I never did that. But when I would find myself in those clubs, for whatever reason, I liked the fact that I could avoid the dance floor. But now when I go take a leak, when I've been in those places, I got to skirmish through the dance floor, and it's very embarrassing. I'm trying to shimmy around women. The good news is – the good news about that stuff, though, is – You think when you're young and you were doing that, you're like, oh, man, it's going to be so depressing when I can't do this anymore, you know, because I'm married or whatever. But the beauty is for you young guys out there, when you get to be our age, not only are you not sad that you can't do that shit anymore, you can't believe that you ever fucking liked it.
1: I know. I tell you, you're you're dead odd with this one because even when I was doing it, I was like when is this going to be over because I listen after like 25 and it, that stuff gets really old especially when we were doing it at 16 17 I was doing it for 10 years so by the time I was 25 26 I was done I was like all right this is this I've had enough of this and granted Lana's Lana's younger than me she's 31 years old I understand why she you know Lana god bless her she kept turning and I don't know if Jackie's ever done this like if you ever had a thing where Jackie is having fun at it or it's like Jackie's thing to do and it's really not your thing. You just go because you're being a good husband. I don't know if Jackie ever turns around and gives you one of these because Lana did it a couple times. She turns around, you, you having a good time?
0: Like the, like the <laughs> No, we're the same age, man. We rarely have that problem. <laughs> you know, like like... <laughs>
1: She, like she knows I, I kind of don't want to be there so she kind of like e-
0: this is fun isn't it like that oh. I'm supposed to go
1: oh no yeah no this is great you
0: know like hey Lana's so much younger than you I could see you two on your way to go like sit down somewhere at a show and walking through the parking lot she goes I'll race you." <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> no, dude, it's like but you're a you're a big sport. You get that and you understand you gotta roll with that. I mean like Jackie and I come on man, we put Sadie to bed when I'm home and we you know, we light up a doobie and then we watch a flick and we bullshit and we take you know five hours to watch a movie. We hear a siren outside or we hear kids talking. Oh God, we run down, we go out to the porch, we peek out. That's huge. That's for Lana. She'd be like, "Let's get dressed and go see where they're going." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I yearn for those nights where just like, let's let's hang at the house, let's watch a movie, let's pop some popcorn. Granted, listen, I like I like to go out, but I got I got an expiration date with the going out. It's like I'm not a guy that does a two destination night. It's either it's like I go to dinner. And after dinner, I go home. There's no, like, dinner and then we go to a nightclub. It's just it's one destination. Yeah. That's all I got in me. After that, I start, like, it's almost like I got to get home or I'm going to turn into a pumpkin, man.
0: Well, it's also that aspect of I've been out with friends where they go, all right, we're going to go to another bar. Nothing's going on here. And I'm like, nothing's yeah. going on here. You are not fucking listening to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm tearing it up over here in the corner. We're having a good time, man. What are you doing? <laughs> I I never needed to go anywhere else for my good time, right?
1: That's what I say. It's like, you got the group that you're with, and that's it. Like, I don't need surroundings. I don't need surroundings to have a good time. As long as I'm with cool people, you could put me anywhere. It's just like, I I can't operate in an environment where it's loud, because talking's my game. I don't do anything else I, I I don't work well like my nuances can't be screamed into somebody's
0: ear no dude that's why when you and I when we do get together which is rare but when we do we could go for fucking hours cause we sip our drinks and we dissect everything each one says to the other and we fucking howl we don't need techno fucking music yeah. getting in the way of that shit man
1: yeah, and I get it, That that's fun sometimes, and I'm not saying that I'll never go to a, a bar like that, but I mean, she, the, the couple we were with, the guy was like, I, I want to stay out longer, we're going to leave now? St- g- stay out longer? For what? <laughs> what do you
0: think is going to happen in the next hour? <laughs>
1: what do you think's going to go on?
0: I know, man, they just feel like they're in it, man, they're part of it. Bah, 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 oh. bah. Okay, folks, this is my last week plugging this puppy. Saturday night, May 9th, 7 p.m., I will be taping my Showtime special at the Vic Theater in Chicago. I know it's a long shot. A lot of you don't live in Chicago, but if you do or you live in the area, come on down. 7 p.m. show. Doors open at 6 p.m. Tickets are kept low at 10 bucks. Still some seats left. We're going to have a good time, man. And everyone who did get tickets, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support. Uh, if you're still up in the air, you can go to the Vic Theater, dot ecom or Pete com. That's dot ecom I'll also be performing this weekend at the Columbus Funny Bone, the beautiful capital of Ohio, baby. Great club, Columbus Funny Bone. But like I said, man, if you're in Chicago, May 9th, I'd love to see you there. Showtime. Done. Out. Later. Long story short, man, we were going to get a swing set for Sadie. And um, goddamn, I, I really love this shit that my wife does. The kind of swing set we're looking at, this wooden ones we want. They're like, it's really cool just for the backyard, blah, blah, blah let me just let me just stop you there and then you can continue your story just just that little just that little
1: snippet alone mm-hmm. right we're going to buy a swing set for Sadie yeah. i'm sure everybody that's listening whether you're in your car you're you're working out you're running you're doing one more set up 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 whatever you're doing and you just heard swing set for Sadie you know you're 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 honed in on this right that's what I'm saying about people just It's an interesting story already, I don't even know where it's going.
0: <laughs> you're fucking too kind, bro. Right? No, I no, mean, you're too kind because if you didn't know me and we were at a dinner table and I said, I bought a swing set for Sadie, you go to Lana, start the fucking car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I would actually love it because that's so, like, out of the realm of normal conversation. And, and, and I and again, I, I'm, I'm dying to hear this story, but it's something, you know, it's something... When I go out with another couple, you know what I like to do? I like to throw it to the other couple and give them a question that opens up a conversation. For example, I'll go to the other couple. Who goes to bed first? And, boom, right away, right away, they're... Oh, <laughs> He goes to, because he, you know, and boom, it it's interesting, right? would you rather me throw it to, 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 to you and, and, and uh, Jackie when we're out to dinner if I just go to you? Okay, I got to ask you guys this question. What do you, you know, like, uh, who spends more money? I mean, boom, right away. That's We're into yes. the whole couple thing.
0: Yes, and then when they start to answer it, and the fact that you're going deeper and deeper, you know, that's how we kind of became friendly. You said me and Jackie do that to you guys as well. You, you, we're interested in things that aren't what we do, man. That interest us. So, so, um, the important thing is whatever you do, bring it. That's what it comes down to, right? Bring it, man. Whatever you do, I don't know, bro. Now I don't confused. know. I,
1: I just think it opens up a conversation between people. Who are at a dinner or whatever? If you throw a question to the couple and ask them, or or you know, you and Jackie had a problem one night and go, listen, what's your take on this? Jackie thinks this way, I think this way. What do you guys think? And now it might be a personal story, but at least it ignites conversation within the group rather than you sitting there. Looking someone in the eyes and going, Oh, God, when are we going home?
0: Yes. Well, I mean, so what are you saying? You hanging out with duds? No, no, no. I am saying in
1: general, I say about 90% of the people that you go out with, or whoever, it could be family, it could be friends, they don't bring it.
0: Bring it. Bring it. So
1: go ahead, give me the story on the... Uh,
0: on a swing set. <clears throat> um, you've been drinking. I hear the drinks flowing. I'm
1: two and a half in.
0: You're getting emotional. and I'm not getting
1: emotional. I'm just getting very angry.
0: No, I'm, I'm loving the emotion right now. And I'm doing an audible as a, uh, a, seasoned, a seasoned vet of uh, casting doing the show with you. I keep forgetting. We don't do a podcast. We're doing a show. I want to ride this emotional thing. I'll tell the swing set stuff at another time. All I was going to say at the end of the day is uh, we bought a used swing set and we're fixing it. And my wife is just exponentially smarter than me. And I've learned to embrace that instead of fight it. You know, Instead of, instead of going, oh, she thinks she's so smart. Now I'm at the age where I go, wait a second. I got this fucking asset to my right. Let me pause and ask this person way smarter than me what they think I should do. And it's just been very pleasant lately, just taking that and using that. But let's put that aside, bro. Let's take this emotion, fill up your drink. I found something on the web. I have a lot of things I need to get into. I have a sleep.
1: I'm sorry, I can't leave the swing set story because I heard something that was a little, and maybe just because I'm uh, on an anger streak right now, but used? Used?
0: Oh, here we go. Let's do it. Let's do it, Mister. Brand new mirrored shades at the. Uh, I, I just
1: got it. I just. I right,
0: know. No, this is. I'm thinking of the beautiful Sadie, uh,
1: and she's sliding down a slide that God knows what the hell was on. I mean, <laughs> what are you <we> doing,
0: <laughs> bro? You are a piece of work. All right, Lou. Can you give me some uh, taking something old and making it new type music right now? I'll give you this in a little bit here, Sebastian. Here we go. Hey, I'm Pete Corielli, of The Pete and Sebastian Show. And too often, we have to run out and buy new stuff for our children. New, new, new. First this, first that. Um, I was pricing um, Swing Set, Sebastian. Okay? Yeah. Um, and Jackie's like, what I want? She's like, they're like two thousand dollars. And she's like, and everyone I'm talking to from my sister and other people, she's like, Sadie's going to outgrow it in about two years and not want it anymore. Um, Jackie has one friend living in Connecticut that's that's looking to pay eight grand for a swing set, and ja- and, and we're both like, dude, what are you? It's she wants to buy the same swings that they use in. Um, playgrounds at schools that, that, that's what these people are doing now so the particular one we wanted is going for 2500 right
1: okay but g- give, me a, give me an example for 2500 on a brand new what, what do you get on a swing set
0: okay well first of all what you got to understand bro is we're living in a world of plastic even when I'm on the road I was in a I went into a Toys R Us the other day because uh, I was on the road and I'm like I'm gonna go in there before I leave town I'm gonna buy Sadie a little something to bring home right I was in there for an hour, dude, and I couldn't find anything that wasn't a plastic piece of shit. It was insane. I ended up buying her a goddamn $5 dinosaur that was plastic. But it was just like the least of all the bullshit, which she happens to love. But I mean, I want to to get a sandbox, dude. All they have is plastic sandboxes. So now I have to go to the hardware store and buy the wood. So now the playground, uh, the, uh, playground... I don't want to buy aluminum shit metal. I don't want to buy plastic. So we go online and we're looking for wooden ones, right? These kind of wooden ones with like, uh, you know, the swing and then the little double thing where you're in a swing with your friend and you swing together and, of course, a slide. Yeah. So we go online we find this wooden one for like 2500 with a castle and a canvas cover and a slide and a rock wall and a, a lot of shit, dude, a lot of shit. So... Jackie goes on the Craigslist, finds a guy who lives in Buffalo 40 minutes from our home, who bought a house, he's a bachelor, he's got the exact same thing we want. And he's like, uh, I just want to get out of my backyard. I'll, I'll take 200." So Jackie's like, "I need send me some photos, right? Guys, send the photos." <laughs> and you know Jackie, she's like, Pete, it looks good. I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't buy it. And she's like, I'm going to ask him to send more photos. The guy, he's a young guy. He's got to be like 25 years old. He's dying for the 200 bucks, right? He literally goes out and takes a video, shaking it, holding it, rattling it, and shit. (laughs) To the point where, so now I get home and me, Jackie, and my father-in-law get in the pickup truck. And we drive out to buy this thing. Now as we're driving out there.
1: Um, uh, I can't even believe what I'm hearing, man. I can't. I can't even. I can't even process it.
0: That's well. You know what? Sip your wine and process it. All right, <laughs> dude. What is your problem? What are you After going out to a f- a guy you met on Craigslist to buy a swing set? And he's out there shaking it. He- His name is. This an invitation to get stabbed. Dude, the guy's name is Gary He's a manager of a Panera In downtown Buffalo I felt like I knew him by the time I got out there So, uh, okay, By the good. way, by the way, by the way Alright, so we pull up, okay And we go up and we see Gary, we pull up And again, this goes back to comedic skills Jackie gets out first And she had been contacting Gary more than anyone So she's like, hey Gary hey, blah, blah, blah. And they say hi And they have a moment, it's very nice, it's a nice guy Looks pretty hip, looks pretty hip then my father-in-law gets out. Now, here's the deal, right? We're driving there. And we're driving there. We ask, well, Jack, the guy wants 200 right? So I said to Jackie, what do you got, $200 bills? And she says, yeah. And I go, well, what if you're going to talk them down? You don't, you know?" And she's like, what do you have? I go, well, I got 320s. My father-in-law goes, well, I got a 20. And I go, I don't know, man. The guy sent all these videos and shit. We're going to really talk them down with the two? And my father-in-law goes, "Well, if we get out there and some of the woods rot, it you know, money's around. So I go, "I don't know." I, I listen, Jack. If it's up to me, I just—if it's fine, let's just give him two and get the fuck out of it, dude. We get out of the pickup truck. Jackie says hi to Gary. Two seconds later, my father-in-law gets out. He can barely see the swing set. It's twenty yards over Gary's shoulder, No my father-in-law's already going. I'll give. How about a buck fifty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and Gary goes. And Gary goes. Uh, will, will it be taken out of my backyard today? And my father-in-law goes, it'll be taken out of your backyard within a half hour, Gary. And Gary goes, and then buck is good. So, okay, so then me and my father-in-law go back to the truck to get our gloves and stuff. And as soon as we get in the glove, I look at him. His name is Mike. I call Mike, obviously. He's my father-in-law. And I go... Uh, Holy shit, Mike! You just saved me fifty fucking bucks. You got bulls. You got bulls. I probably would have <laughs> gave him the two and ten dollar tip for helping me take the fucking thing apart. <laughs>
1: oh, that's old school. You don't you don't get that type of bargaining skills with today's people. that's, that's no. that that guy grew up in a different generation.
0: No, because I've been around my father-in-law where he's bought it like that, and the person like giggles at him like like in a way that would embarrass me like if i said how about 150 and the guy goes <laughs> no oh, yeah. right right like that made me, but my father-in-law I've, I've been embarrassed by him by saying that but even when he's been embarrassed like that the person who embarrassed him still always ends up coming down a, a little <laughs> it's fucking if you can just swallow your meat and eat your pride man <laughs> yeah.
1: i'm sure he's got no problem with it oh, like he no. don't even he don't even hear the person
0: laughing no meanwhile I'm like I'll give you 200 but I want you to kiss my fucking feet before now but <laughs> so so all right so now we got to load this thing up and now also what you have to understand dude is when you buy these things at 2500 you just get stacks and stacks of wood and screws and nuts now this thing is all put together so all we have to do is take it apart a little bit because my father-in-law's got the big trailer on the back of the pickup and we get it all on and uh, we bring it home, and now there's some rotted wood, just a very little bit, and I have two by fours in my... Bro, you gotta see my house. I, gotta, I got got lumber, I got everything. So nah, I... have so like
1: Sanford and Son.
0: No, it's not like Sanford and Son, bro. It's like a fucking farm almost, like not dumpy. So, uh, but the bottom I'm, line... I'm just saying, you got trailers coming up with half put together, uh, swig sets, there's lumber, there's
1: nails, there's a ladder in the tree.
0: The swing set was all put together. We took it apart a little. We dropped it back off at my place. My father-in-law leaves. And then we went and we bought a power washer, Jackie and I. And she power washed the whole thing. So it looks brand new. All the, all the mildew off the lumber. The, you, you power wash the swings and the, and the um, slide and they look brand new. And then now I just have to, I put on a few new uh, pieces of wood where the rotted wood was. We set it back up for a grand total of $170. I have a $2,500 brand new, even better, probably a $3,000 one. Because this one's better than the one we were looking at online. It has a rock wall. So, like, what's the problemo, bro? Just
1: hearing that story.
0: It's exhausting. I didn't want to tell it. I was moving on. No, no. no.
1: Just hearing the story. The story was a great story. But hearing what you had to go through to get a swing set. You had to drive out there. The haggling. The the the, the thing. The putting it on the truck. The bringing it back. The power washing. I got it. My hats are off to you guys. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. The do it yourself type of mentality at your house. It's we don't have it. We don't have it, and uh, it's it's amazing to hear these. these. I can't believe it.
0: Well, well. on top of that, let me ask you this. It's funny because when we're tying it up on the truck, my father-in-law is always like, um, tighten that, Peter, tighten that, Peter. And I go, Mike, I think the bungee go, it's good. No, no, you have to tighten that, Peter. And it's like, you know, you got to bite your tongue because he's so old school, man, and he's helping me out. But uh, he just is so set in his ways. But when we get home... Uh, and now I have to clear out the backyard area. I'm sawing a branch. And I just want to ask you a question. As I'm sawing the branch, a neighbor comes over that I kind of like. I like the guy, right? And He comes over while I'm, I'm, I'm eight feet up on a ladder. Jackie's, we got a, a rope tied to the branch because when the branch cuts, actually, this is the one where I'm like about 30 feet up. When I, when I get through the branch, I know it's going to fall on me. So Jackie goes, "Don't worry, guy. I'll tie a rope to the end of the branch, and as you're cutting and it falls, I'll pull it away from you." And I go, "I don't think that's gonna fucking work, Jack. Guy, it's gonna work. Don't be a pussy. It's gonna work." So we tied a tree, a, a rope to the end of the branch, and as I'm sawing it, my neighbor comes over. Right? Hey, how you doing, man, neighbor? I mean, that's literally what he says, bro. That's literally he says, "How you doing, man, neighbor?" Right? So I go, hey, Chris, how you doing? You've been doing some work on your house. It looks good. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting there. And then he puts both hands on his hips and he's standing there looking at me 30 feet up in a fucking ladder and my wife off to the side holding the rope to the branch, waiting for me to get through it. Now, am I supposed to stop, bro? No. Uh, am I. You plow right through that. Well, well what is he doing? I mean, he's standing there. So I look and I go, yeah, no, nothing. And then I just keep sawing. And he's like, okay, well, take care. And I, I don't know if he was mad at me or not. Right then I get through it. Fucking thing rakes the back of my back. Because Jackie doesn't do what she said. I almost fall off the goddamn ladder. I'm literally balancing myself. Like, I, I'm yelling, I got a fucking Showtime special. And you the fucking thing uh, I'm going to die. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. I mean, the guy was
1: probably sitting there looking going... Isn't this guy on TV? <laughs>
0: he did say that though. He's like, What's "You got the special coming up, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm covered in sawdust, cutting the fucking branch, with Jackie holding the goddamn thing. Oh, oh he's probably in disbelief. He's probably sitting there
1: thinking, "He's got his wife holding a rope. He's thirty feet up in a, in a, in a tree." There's a there's a strange swing set in the backyard. I don't know. I man.
0: know. I'm like Jackie. We should be making out in a tent at a John Varvados fucking show right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, man. I'm not joking. I'm serious. What am I doing? <laughs> All right, Lou, give us the music for Italian Take. We are back. It is time for Italian Take. I'm cutting the short stories a little short and getting to the point of the Italian Take. Yeah. So here we go. The first one. I think I got some real interesting ones this week. Uh, we got another scenario, bottom line, where someone in Germany detected that their neighbor was part of uh, Hitler's Nazi camp. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and basically, this is my question let's say you and Lana end up buying a piece of property outside of LA and wherever it may be and your 93 year old neighbor, German guy, kinda friendly, sits out in his guard most of the time. If you really, really started to get, let's go even beyond started to get, let's say he told you he worked for Hitler in the Nazi camps and was part of the gas chambers Every day, turning those things on, firing them up. And he's 93 years old, and he's confessing to you, his new neighbor, on his deathbed. Are you calling anybody? Uh, I torture his house while he's sleeping. Oh, he... God. Listen, I have no animosity. I mean, I have no uh, sympathy for an animal like this. I really don't. But let's take a moment and let's, let's put the five glasses or four glasses of wine we had aside. And I'm drinking my Blue Moons. Let's really, really put yourself in this situation. Hey, it's Hans. And you know, you've know you known Hans for about three years. Whenever you come out to your vacation property, he lives next door and he's always there. And then, you know, you've had a drink with him here and there. And one day he comes over and he's drunk and he really hits you with this. I was part of the camps burned the people. I'm, I, I cry, I cry at night, I cry, ba blah, blah. blah. Thank you for letting me get this off my shoulder, and he leaves. He goes to bed, right? He leaves your home, and he walks home to his neighbor house right down the block. Okay, so first of all, Lana's sleeping. You're drunk. You get that news, drinking with Hans that night. You waking her up, or you wait until the morning?
1: Oh, God, I'm waking her up right there. I mean, that, that t- <laughs> you can't sit on that story.
0: you <laughs> like go, Lana, I just finished drinking with the Nazi. Get up. Get up. Yeah,
1: yeah no, it's like your bit, you know, like uh, you live for stories, like uh, gossip. Mhm. You you, you you can't you can't go to. Listen. But would Lord you I,
0: really? He's ninety three, bro. Would
1: you? I don't care. I don't care. 93, 70, 118. The guy did what he did, and I would detect that as soon as we met him. I would detect there was a story there that he wasn't telling me. I, I'm very good. I'm telling you, I have a an allergic reaction to people, and I see it right away. If there's anything that's off, I start. I get like a rash. So I would know right from the get-go that there was something on it. But, but if it was three years in, and I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't have any symptoms of, of the uh, allergy, and he told me that at night, the next day it would be done. We wouldn't be talking to that guy ever again. That's it. It's over. I cut it off.
0: You get a rash, but if you didn't get the rash from him but he told you that, then you wouldn't report him, but you'd cut it off?
1: I don't think you could report. I don't know what, what the... What the is, is We just cut. We just cut ties. That's it. It's over. It's done. I'm not going to call anybody. I don't know. But it's just. I'm out of that guy's life. I
0: might even sell the house. Well, listen, listen. Of course, you're out of the guy's life. He's a piece of shit. Your family's Jewish, so it's very hard for you to discern the 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 uh, the, the the point of the. Um, who would you even call? Do you call 911? Do you call the FBI? I mean, like, would I, if I called my local precinct and said, listen, the guy who lives next door to me, I got fucking loaded with him last night. He's 93. His name is Hans. And he was saying that he worked for Hitler and shit. So uh, what, do we, what do we do now?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Is, is that even Is that even
0: punishable? <laughs> Well, I I just think if I called the precinct in Manhattan and said that they'd say, "You are gonna do what you do. We're gonna do what I do." Like the what the fuck? I don't know who you call. I that... don't know who
1: you call for that. I really don't. I don't know if you call, uh, you know, the Navy. I mean, I Who, who do you call? <laughs> the fucking Navy.
0: <laughs> there was a guy on a bike recently <clears throat> in Hawaii. I'm sorry, California, Northern California. Uh. Bottom line, had a heart attack, fell off his bike, just happened to be the right person standing by who knows how to do CPR. Kept him alive long enough to get him to a hospital, and they put a heart pump in him. My question to you is, if somebody saved your life via CPR or uh, um, mouth-to-mouth, or let's say uh, the homilick for choking...
1: Uh, by the way, it's it's Heimlich. Uh, Lou made funny on the last cast with the homlick. Well, where did you learn some of these words?
0: By the way, dude, Lou might be getting subpoenaed, bro. For what? Rosie O'Donnell is going through a nasty, nasty divorce with her ex-wife, um, and they have children, and there's a custody battle. And the ex-wife has accused Rosie of drinking excessively and smoking weed and disregarding her children on a day-to-day basis. And Lou used to produce the Rosie show at Rosie's house, and he'd have to go to Rosie's house every day. So he's one of the very few people that was there on a day-to-day basis. So he might get subpoenaed to, uh, you know, to describe what Rosie's demeanor was like on a daily basis.
1: Now... You don't have to say this, because if you do, you might get subpoenaed. But
0: Who, me? The, yeah. Oh, bro, I could use any plug I could get. <laughs> Are you kidding me? By the way, when the judge goes, do you uh, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, the whole truth, I go, yes, I do, uh, starting with the fact that I am taping a Showtime special on March 9th. <laughs> and, of course, everything about Rosie, too. And everything about Rosie, too. <laughs>
1: Could we have my testimony coincide with the release
0: of the Showtime special? Can I? <laughs> and man, I want to have my testimony transcribed lightly over a poster of uh, League of Their Own <laughs> with Rosie on the cover. That'd be nice. If she could sign that to it, that'd be great for the office. Oh, God. So, yeah, dude, he might get subpoenaed. Wow. And, the, and oh, the scariest part about that whole thing is you can't even smoke Marlboros in court. I don't know what Lou's going to oh. do. He's going to have to fucking bring vape or something.
1: Oh, well, if Lou could maybe make a plug for our show once he takes the stand. If they asked him, okay, what do you do for a living? And maybe uh, produce this, the Pete and Sebastian show. I don't know. Like you said, anything for some publicity here, man.
0: Exactly. Never had a problem with seeing your colleagues use drugs. Like I've said earlier, I'm not going to go into the past and talk about my past. I'm here to make a positive influence on this. I'm not here to talk about the past. Again, I'm skipping the actual story for the Italian take and just getting into the part that matters. But bottom line, uh, uh, an American thing that was in outer space came crashing to the ground. But my question to you is this. Again, if you bought property... Outside of the property, you have in L.A. Let's say someday you got yourself a little ranch, or not a ranch, but you got some, you got some space in Malibu. Some bottom line, something lands in your backyard that you go out and examine with Lana, and you clearly realize it's it's not a matter. It's not from. It's it's it seems to be from another planet, alien-like. Maybe uh even, maybe even a meteor, okay? Yeah. Uh, wh- let's do that. Let's go subtle. Let's say that. Let's say you go in your backyard and there seems to be a meteor the size of a basketball in your backyard glowing on fire still. Who is your first phone call to to deal with that? I mean, just straight out to 911 or are you trying to go f- see if you can go a financial route? i think it's on
1: instagram within three minutes
0: <laughs> i forgot i
1: forgot that's the world <laughs> i think it's me and lana taking a selfie with the thing in the background
0: yeah but what if there's some financial value to this thing and right away you're putting yourself in a position where now the government's just going to come up and scoop that shit away
1: well listen i think if the government gets involved they quarantine the entire house and they're gonna have to say, you know what, you have to you have to you have to move out of here because the backyard's infected.
0: Yeah, but you know what lands in your property isn't you don't own that. You realize that. That's the law.
1: If it lands in the property, I don't own it?
0: No, you don't. So if you Well who owns it? The government can come in and take that shit.
1: The government could take a meteor out of my yard?
0: what do you do you think like if like a million dollars landed in a little parachute bundle in your fucking hot tub it's yours
1: is that who's whose who's is it
0: well I mean in that case there's an investigation to be done but anytime anything of, a, of a, a terrestrial aspect anything that they deem from outer space lands in your backyard it's government property you're supposed to report it to the government but you know, if you don't, and you know where and who to talk to, you could have yourself a $15,000 tail fin from a fucking alien jet. Well, I don't know. So, <laughs> so what do you do? You're putting it right on Instagram. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. or or you, or you
1: bring it inside, you have it encased, and you put it on the fireplace mantle, and people, people will come over for for dinner or drinks, and they go, what's that? And I go, that's a meteor. It hit the It hit the yard two years ago. What, what a conversation piece that is, huh?
0: I, you know, listen, I'm just trying to take financial situations here, man. Make them realistic. If you had a meteor even the size of a softball land in your backyard, I mean, there's a financial value in that. That's like having $20,000 land in your backyard if you know who and what to call. If you just put it on Instagram... You know, I,
1: I, I, yeah, I, but listen, the government—if you call the government, they ain't paying you fifteen, twenty thousand dollars.
0: No, they're taking it.
1: Yeah, they're taking it, and that's it. So you'd have to call like a museum, Museum of Science and Industry, yeah, in not, Chicago. Look, you call them up. You go, listen, I got a meteor in your yard. What you, what, what's the what's the price on a meteor?
0: Yeah, that's the key. That's the key. You don't want to. Yeah, that's my point. You don't want to put it online. Okay, here we go. This is an interesting one, bro. I really need your take on this one. This is Italian take. There's a woman. Homeless. Named Smokey. Husband sadly passed away years ago. And she's trying to get by in L.A. area. And uh, a neighbor of hers has seen her, Smokey, sleeping out on the streets for years now. So to do good, he went to Home Depot. And he bought $500 worth of lumber and supplies. And he also got a little donations from some uh, local hardware stores. And he built Smokey. A little, three foot wide, eight foot long. I don't want to say a little house. A little house with shingles and stuff, and the, and the house is on wheels, because in L.A. the law is you can't squat in the same spot for more than seventy two hours. So now Smokey sleeps in this little house with has a door and a lock. And after 72 hours, she just takes her rope and pulls the whole thing five feet forward, and now that's a new location, and she can stay on that curbside for another 72 hours. So, uh, and this is a real feel-good story. Everyone's latching onto in the L.A. area, and uh, the guy is now building more of these houses. And uh, there's a good chance at some point there may be a couple of these on your curbside. And how do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I feel that that's um, something I don't want in my neighborhood. Well, I'm dealing with this. <clears throat> I'm dealing with this exact same problem where my mother lives. I mean, bro. On her, stri- on her street, there are homeless setting up shops and sleeping on the sidewalk this is in los angeles they're sleeping on the sidewalk and this is just not you know a guy sleeping on the sidewalk this is a guy literally laying out sleeping bag he's got three carts with him packed with shit there's stuff all over the place
0: and
1: (laughs) you got to walk around this stuff and it's a little scary. You know, my poor mother, got to go to the grocery store. She got to walk around this guy's basic living room on the sidewalk with God knows what, urine, shit, piss, the whole thing. And I ain't into it. House on wheels or not, wait till that moves into your neighborhood. See how you feel.
0: I know, man. When I bought my apartment in New York City, there was a little bench area right to the right of where I lived, and there was one homeless guy, Charlie, who would always be there. Sometimes in the morning, he'd be completely fucking naked. He was such a whiner. He'd be passed out and naked. And it's just when you're young and you're renting and shit, you just don't care. But let me tell you, man, when you own something, you fucking literally... Want to just, you know, fucking go out in the middle of the night and wrap that motherfucker in a sheet and drag him three pounds over and drop him off on a sl- playground. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, seriously, if the if the cops, if you call the cops and they said, listen, we can't do anything about it, but if you do anything about it, we got no problem with that. I'd get on the phone and be like, Jackie, call Hertz and rent the fucking van. <laughs>
1: oh god oh (laughs) no man i mean it's it's you know it's funny because people have this listen i I, my heart goes out to homeless people i don't know what happens to them whether it's drug abuse whether it's family issues of course of course of course but once the shit moves into your sidewalk and you own a home Right away, you're like, I don't care what they got. Get them out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right?
0: Especially if I'm trying to sell my place. Oh, get God. the fuck of You're trying it. to
1: sell your house, and then you, you get a guy with, with a mobile home <laughs> oh, on geez. wheels Every outside your yard. Forget it.
0: <laughs> Every time I had an open house, I'd have a free fucking barbecue three blocks down. Just keep it away for a little while.
1: <laughs> uh, what the, what, um, what? was I going to tell you? Oh, oh. I'll give you a scenario here and give me, give me your thoughts on it. We have a neighbor of ours, two houses down. It's one of these houses, I don't know if you have it in Ferdonia where you don't know if anybody lives there or not. It's one of these houses where you always pass it and you're like, are they home? Did they die? What's going on? The weeds, this guy's got weeds outside his house that have grown to at least four and a half feet. So his whole front yard is weeds. At four and a half feet. Come on, man. Yeah. Do, what do you... Now, talk about who you call. I mean, you call the city on that. You call the police on that. What do you do? Because now, I came back the other day, all the weeds are chopped down, but it looks like nobody is living in this house. I mean, isn't there a responsibility as a neighbor, as a homeowner, to keep the house to a certain standard? And if you don't, I feel like you, you... Somebody
0: needs to take it away. Yeah, I mean, it's dude, it's, it's when you own a home and the person next to you doesn't keep their home the way you do, it it, it fucks with your vibe, man. I, I never use this word, but it fucks with your mojo, your everyday living. You come out of your house to start you like, dude, if your neighbor tomorrow just bought a giant RV. He can legally park it in his driveway right next to you. Wouldn't that just
1: devastate you?
0: I mean, I would burn the motherfucking thing. I'd burn it. I'd burn that fucker. <laughs> I mean, I just... I mean, my, my neighbor now, right? The guy who sold his house next to me and he rents it. So he's got all these leaves he never took care of. I couldn't take it anymore. I called him two weeks ago, right? I get the wife, I thought I was gonna get the answer machine. I get the wife. And she's like, Hey Pete, how you doing? The weather's warming up and I go, Yeah, it is Carol. and She goes, So what's going on? And I go, Listen, you know, you the, the the melting is gone, like you said, and your weeds are dry your leaves are drying out and they're blowing on my property, man, and I just don't wanna rake mine twice. No, no, I'll send Dan over right away. I'll send Dan over So Dan comes two days later. He barely rakes anything, right? So yeah. so now Jackie and I are cleaning up our yard yesterday when we're, when we're trying to make the swing set stuff. I start taking tarp loads and tarp loads of, wee, of uh, leaves from my property. And I drag them over to the back of Dan's behind his shed where he has a little compost. And I add to his compost. But I added so much that if Dan lived there, he'd be like, dude, what the fuck? But he doesn't. He doesn't. He's renting it to some yo-yo who never leaves the house, so I don't give a shit, right? But the bottom line is, man, now I have to take care of Dan's house a little bit because if I don't, no one will, and it just, it's just bringing me down.
1: So Shouldn't we call Dan here and, and, and say, hey, Dan, your renter ain't, ain't doing his job. The maintenance is falling behind and screwing up my property.
0: Well, it's not the renter's responsibility. It's Dan's responsibility. Yeah. And he has This is... By the way, this is the renter that I had a problem with with the dog. Oh, yeah. And that dog is still alive, and we have a bucket full of treats, and every day we feed that dog, that dog... I... Bro, I'm about two days away from calling up that guy or knocking on his door to renter, and going, just give me the fucking dog. I mean, have you ever felt that way? Where you could go to somebody and go, let's let's call it what it is. I mean, the dog loves my daughter. <laughs> the dog dies to see us. You'll never hear. Just give us the fucking thing. It's gonna be dead in a month anyway.
1: W- w- would you take it in? I, wanted,
0: I wanna I want to take it in because it's gonna die in like shit five months. Hey, five months. Deal
1: with that. Then you got about two grave sites in the backyard.
0: oh uh, well, i no. I mean, I'm, yeah. I I'm, I'm just. Well, I mean, once it dies, look. The connotation would be, when it dies, I'm just going to carry it back over and lay it in your yard. Now it's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for the last five months of its life, why don't you just give it to us? It loves us. It's all, You know?
1: I don't know if you could do that, man.
0: I mean, if you had a dog, bro, and you didn't have the time to take care of your dog, and then the neighbor said, uh, we're around, Sebastian, you're not. Our daughter loves your dog. It's got five months left. Let us just take it. It'll sleep at our house. We'll take care of it. And when it dies, we'll call you, and then you know you can make the arrangements. Would you be like? Fuck you! I mean, cause the guy has the dog out on just the on the on the lawn. He just puts it out there and he leaves it there all day. And we go out and we play with it.
1: Is it is it old? And does it look like it's been?
0: It's so old, bro. It's so old. It might die during this conversation.
1: Oh God.
0: <clears throat> so just give it to us. Let us it have its last moment. I mean, as soon as it hears Sadie's voice, it fucking hobbles like Tex Cobb in the fourteenth <laughs> in the fourteenth <14th laughs> round coming out against Holmes. It barely makes it out, going, Oh, this kid's gonna give me a biscuit and <laughs> hug me. I Tex mean Tex Cobb. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: all right
0: here's the last one man uh, the people were vacationing in hawaii at a top scale resort couple of sharks were spotted sharks went away and uh my question to you is if you're staying at a resort for a week your first day there you're sitting out there with lana having daiquiris on the beach and there's a couple of sharks spotted in the cove area where you swim Big mamas, eight-foot tiger sharks. And then they swim back out, and they're gone. The tiger sharks swim out. And everyone who works there insists this is a fucking anomaly. We've never seen the tiger sharks come in before. How many days is it going to take until you go into that water?
1: We ain't going in the water.
0: For the whole week?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because if they're saying we've never seen anything like this, then who's to say tomorrow they're going to come back and they're going to go? It's never happened before. I mean, as soon as you see that, uh, the water's off limits.
0: But after day three, if they're like, man, we haven't had any sightings of sharks anywhere. I don't
1: care because the time I get in the water is the time the tiger sharks are going to come back. <laughs> and you know how it is when Italians get into the water, that the sharks, they smell that oil.
0: Hey, listen, you find me anything on this planet that doesn't like Italian food. <laughs> 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 you're a better man than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, bro. It's been a fucking honor and it's a pleasure. Been a it's been an honor and a pleasure, bro. Honor and a pleasure.
1: So you're a Columbus Funny Bone this weekend.
0: Final tune-up for the big special.
1: Final tune-up next weekend. Remember this because... Uh, Pete's going to be in Chicago at the Vic Theater performing his Showtime special. Do we have a title?
0: Let me tell you, man. That's the title. Let me tell you, man. That's it. That's nice, it. You don't have to. Nice. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. I like it. We got, I like it. Let me
1: tell you, man.
0: We got one, Pete Correale, Let me tell you, man. We got one more show before it airs. So if you decide you don't like it, I yeah, listen. It, I don't even have to go with that title. I'm, I'm, I'm still open. But I like it. I like it. Let me tell you, man.
1: There yeah, you have it. Let me tell you, man. On Showtime to be announced. Pete Corriale in Chicago this weekend or next weekend. Excuse me. I am in uh, Toronto uh, tomorrow, Friday night, and then Burlington on Saturday night. Then, Wednesday of next week, the next podcast we do, I will be doing it from the number one player in the NFL's house, J.J. Watt. I will be in Houston at the improv all next week, and this should be uh, one story after another with him.
0: Absolutely, dude. That's going to be awesome, man. I mean, if JJ comes on, fucking fantastic. If he doesn't come on and you're just doing it with Lana from Watts House, also fantastic. But uh, good hang tonight, man. Good hang. Good
1: hang. Good hang. We will see. uh, We will talk to you next week. All right. Later, bro. bye. Bye.
0: The show has ended. I almost fall off the goddamn ladder. I'm literally balancing myself like I, I'm yelling. i got a fucking showtime special, and you're the fucking thinking uh, I'm gonna that's die. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, the guy was probably
1: sitting there looking, going, "Isn't this guy on TV?" <laughs>